Hello, dearest patrons. Welcome back to the Alpha Bunga Bunga Reading Club, or Bunga Cast, as we now insist on being called, much to the consternation of many of you. This is the second of the 2022 series. Uh, this is part of the section on emergency politics, and we are discussing Agamben's state of exception. Phil, uh, Phil's leading this one, so uh, take us away. Hi. Um, and welcome to listeners and welcome to Reading Club patrons and welcome to George and Alex to, to BungaCast. It's good to see you guys here. So um, this was obviously the choice of um, Agamben and also the choice of this theme with which we've begun the Reading Club, kicked off our new Reading Club this year about state of emergency and biopolitics was obviously inspired by the last two years of pandemic and covid and lockdowns. And one of the things that's striking is how much, how rapidly that has all been erased from the news since the Russian invasion. And notwithstanding that, I don't think that this means that any of this is out of date. And hopefully that'll become clearer as we get into the content of Agamben's ideas. Um, but also very strikingly, it seems to me, in keeping indeed with the tenor and the thrust of Agamben's ideas is the fact that one emergency is substituted for another to very effectively indeed to the extent that just as one the emergency was ending, another one, a world geopolitical crisis in this context, has arisen to take its place. And notwithstanding the ins and outs of the Russian invasion, the politics of Ukrainian resistance, um, and all of the kind of surrounding questions of foreign policy and diplomacy, it is difficult to avoid the sheer um, contiguity, I suppose, and the continuity of one crisis and the next. Um, and that, I think, you know, needs to be borne in mind when thinking about how we've transitioned from the end of the lockdowns into a geopolitical crisis. And also connected to that, obviously, Giorgio Agamben, Giorgio Agamben, his theories um, achieved prominence and were crafted in an earlier geopolitical period, which was the period of the war on terror. And to many, in many ways, along with one or two others, such as Hart and Negri and their book Empire, um, Agamben was perhaps the leading, the premier theorist of the global war on terror from the left. So it was this book and Homo Seca that, um, or homo sacer, however it's pronounced, I'll leave the correct Latin pronunciation to Alex, who pays a lot of attention to these things. So he can correct me afterwards. Um, but they were the two kind of leading texts to try and understand what was going on with respect to the legal aspects of the war on terror and some of the most prominent um, travesties that were committed at the global level in the name of the war on terror. So specifically the black sites and Guantanamo, the military base in Cuba that the US, the military base that the US leases from Cuba and which was used as a site of imprisonment for Al-Qaeda terrorists and for Taliban prisoners taken from Afghanistan. And they were put there in prison famously precisely because they didn't, that way they would not fall under the jurisdiction of US courts, but also fall outside the remit of international law. So Guantanamo Bay, the prison there, and also the various CIA torture sites and black sites that were put up around the world. Agamben seemed to provide the way in which to understand this new period of heavily militarized um, liberal internationalism conducted under the or in which politics was pursued with a justification of the emergency 
stemming from the war on terror and the need to respond to al-Qaeda. And obviously that puts us, um, you know, that does give us some um, background to think about in terms of the war on terror, because the other element, obviously, that's striking about the war on terror is that the lockdowns and the COVID emergency began just as the war on terror um, was uh, being wound down in the fading days of the war on terror. So a few things, I suppose, to note about that. Um, I'll just read out a quote from Agamben, which I think is a wonderful, um, it kind of wonderfully locates it um, in the moment. So when the Americans had invaded Iraq and were aiming to democratize the Middle East, he says on page 18, at the very moment when it, the West, would like to give lessons in democracy to different traditions and cultures, the political culture of the West does not realize that it has entirely lost its canon. And this, by this, he meant the substitution of a paradigm of emergency government for the traditions of liberal democracy um, that had grown up over the previous 200 years. Now, it's worth noting here also that Agamben had very particular kind of histrionic political responses and how far those histrionic political responses are connected to his theory is something we'll hopefully talk about in a bit more detail. But famously, he um, refused to travel. He said he publicly said he wasn't going to travel to America after the U.S. introduced biometric identification, demanded biometric identification in passports as part of the new security provisions they brought in in the wake of the terror attacks of 2001. And he compared the biometric identification to the tattoos that were put onto prisoners in Auschwitz. And he said it was a similar kind of um, a similar kind of response, a similar kind of biopolitics where the state was um, rendering us powerless and also literally kind of imprinting itself on our bodies in order to better control and manipulate us. And then, of course, he eventually wrote back from that and did end up traveling to the US um, for some reason or other. So his um, principled stance didn't last very long. But Agamben's politics was also mirrored more widely on the left. Famously, Amnesty International pursued a campaign against Guantanamo, where they compared Guantanamo to the Gulag. Um, and so his theory of talking about how the provenance of emergency politics at the end of the 20th century were rooted in the experiences of or the emergence of the Third Reich was something that was um, more widespread across the left. It wasn't something that was restricted to a gambit. So um, Jeff Schellenberger, in an essay that you'll find included in the show notes, he makes a good point where he says that a Gambon's influence faded with the end of the Bush administration and the beginning of the Obama era. So Obama campaigned against the Bush administration and specifically campaigned on stopping torture um, by American security forces and also by saying he was going to shut down Guantanamo, neither of which happened, certainly not the shutting down of Guantanamo. But nonetheless, Agamben's influence seems to have faded in that period. And so it raises the question as to how far the state of exception, which had become so prevalent in theory, was simply a kind of partisan political um, tool as part of the Democrats jousting with the Republicans in that period. And since then, obviously, um, Agamben has um, achieved a new prominence in the wake of the pandemic with his criticisms of the so of what he called the medico-technical despotism enacted, particularly in his home country of Italy, um, which took the 
um, went into lockdown earliest in the aftermath of the Chinese lockdown. And he's been a vocal critic of vax mandates, of all the associated aspects of lockdown. And this has earned him a tremendous deal of notoriety and controversy, and particularly strikingly from people who used to support him. Um, particularly those who once would have talked in the terms that Gambon provided when they criticised the policies of the Bush administration, um, have now turned on him and um, you know suggested he's a quack, he's um, entirely lost his moorings, that he's um, a shill for all sorts of um, far-right conspiracy theorists and what have you. And so this is a remarkable about-face for somebody who is the theoretical darling of the academic left um, 20 or so years ago. So I want to turn over to um, I want to turn over to George and Alex before we get into the questions to see if they have anything they want to kind of um, offer by way of introduction. The only thing I would add is I found particularly what was so interesting to me about this was his detailed legal history of Western governments and particularly the fascist um, and liberal democratic states in the interwar period and tracing the origins of states of emergency and the legal kind of origins of emergency regimes to the interwar period. And I found that much more interesting and important than some of the more obscure genealogical battles and etymological battles he has with various translators and historians over certain questions of um, Latin interpretation stemming from the Roman Republic and the Principate. But we'll get more into that um, in due course. Anyway, so over to you boys. What did you think? Hey there, you've reached the end of a short excerpt from an episode that's been released only to our patrons. If you'd like to join us and gain access to around two Patreon-exclusive episodes a month, please go to patreon.com slash bungacast. We'd love to have you.